This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side. And Evan, a lot of college basketball, but not really the college basketball that people want to hear about. <laughs> it's, it is the tale of two cities, both programs in this state, struggling. Um, which one do you want to start with first? Well, okay, just for my peace of mind, can we start with Michigan State? Okay. <laughs> if I don't need to hear about Jawad for another 20 minutes, I'm okay with it. Well, it was it. more so I was to, I was going to go for the uh, Phil Martelli games and not necessarily Jawad because I think then, everybody you know knows what? Juwan. Let's do that since they, they play tonight, and then we can talk about the train wreck in East Lansing. Everybody knows Jawad. Everybody knows what's happening, so there's no need to rehash it. No, uh, it's guys, happened. He suspended five games. Yeah, guys, uh, Juwan is not the victim that some of you are painting him out to be. It was an ugly situation. Um, but bottom line, it comes down to this. You can never strike anybody at the workplace. Period. Period. I don't – you leave. You don't go through the handshake line. Well, they, Wisconsin called a timeout. Well, then don't press. Wisconsin yeah. had nothing but backups out there. They no, were trying no. to end Not even the game. backups, Rico. They had walk-ons. So yeah. it's not like a backup I consider yeah. a kid walk-ons, that gets to play. Guys – in this game. Managers, essentially. And with 25 seconds left, you put the press on. The ball goes out of bounds. They got to call timeout to reset the clock to get it across half court because all they wanted to do is just dribble out the last part of the game. Yes. That was it. You do that. You let that happen. None of this goes on. Or you know what? And maybe if your starters aren't out there, that doesn't happen either. If yeah. it's just your walk-ons that are doing yeah, such. You, you, you don't have a 17-point play in your repertoire. Correct. Sometimes you got to take the L, you let it go. So, so we move on from that. <clears throat> Phil but- Martelli is actually a – he's a coach. He's one coach of the year, came from uh, St. Joe. And honestly, I think Michigan may have upgraded because – the funny thing is, we all hear about that Jim Harbaugh talking about Ryan Day born on third base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got somebody born on third base, it looks like, on your campus. Because Juwan took Beeline's guys, did a lot of stuff. These are more so Juwan guys not looking good right now. They have to win, which is why him, you know, what he did in these last five games is so crucial. Now, you got to hope that Martelli can rally the troops. And, yeah, he's he's a very good X and O's coach. You got to hope that if you're a Michigan fan, it becomes kind of like that plane crash that they had. That it, It's something that galvanizes the team. We're going to do this thing for Coach. We're going to do this thing for, for Musa and for uh, Terrence Williams, who won't be playing in this game. Going up against Rutgers. Rutgers is your closest competition right now. Cl- Rutgers is the team that if they had to pick one more team out the Big Ten, Rutgers is hot. 
Rutgers has got a lot of games that they can say, take a look at our resume and all the teams that we've knocked off. Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, MSU. Knocked them all off. They knocked off all the top of the Big Ten. And, I mean, they're a scary team when you're fully loaded. But missing, I mean, Diabate, who, I mean, well, while I was gone on vacation, he dropped 28 in a game. And then he goes against um, uh, Wisconsin and doesn't score his first bucket until late in the second half. So, he, he, But he's integral to that team and their success. Terrence Williams is, is a role player from Michigan, but he comes in. He gives them good minutes off the bench. But I was saying it yesterday, I think the team is really going to respond from Phil Martelli. We talked about it at the very infant stages of this podcast to where Phil Martelli was the best thing that happened to Juwan Howard because Juwan was, he admitted, I'm going to have a lot to learn about this college game. Mm -hmm. And we've seen he still does have a lot to learn when it comes to it. But when you have a guy with Phil Martelli who's coached basketball longer than I've even been alive and I'm 38, so that's like... I mean, he has a little experience under that belt. And the one thing I'm going to be very curious to see is if this team responds from Martelli and almost looks like a quote-unquote different team, what does that mean for that basketball program going forward? Yeah, what do you do when the tournament comes back? Because I do think that was one of the problems that the Big Ten did, and they didn't even realize it. Juwan's going to come back for the Big Ten Tournament. That makes Juwan the story of the Big Ten Tournament. Absolutely. Everybody's going to want to see what did you learn, what are you going to do. Everybody's going to focus on this first game. And no, by the way, people, oh, what if the Wisconsin and Michigan can play? Man, I ran the numbers for, for about an hour. Mathematically, no way those teams could play unless it's the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah, it's almost like one of those like 1% scenarios in the NFL playoffs where you yes. need everything to go right. But okay, so and they even, would play in the second round. But you're you're telling me you don't think every coach or players are going to do exactly what they can to try to get on yeah, Juwan's skin anyway? Neutral site because see the good thing for Juwan is they won't have to play another home game or no, on, on another team's uh, floor, floor. Yeah, get the fans after. So them. you won't get the fans. You're going to be playing nothing but neutral site games, whether it's Indianapolis or wherever you go, whether it's the Big Ten tournament. I mean, uh, NCAA tournament or NIT. You're never going to get – well, NIT, I guess you, you will be playing. You can have home games. Yeah, there will be home games. So, But, yeah, tonight's game against Rutgers. And the funny thing is, man, when you think Rutgers, you think, okay, Geo Baker, Ron Harper. No, they got the guy that I called uh, – <laughs> He's the great little, white hype, man. I call him Little Luca. It's unbelievable. You pa- okay. Paul McKay. If you and I were to go to, let's just say, a random gym, right, we're all picking teams – just based off of looks and stereotype in this kid, you're like, there's no way he can play. White guy with a headband on. That that does nothing special. Right. Like, you look at his jumper, you're like, hey, Dude, that is no I, speed, no athleticism. He's Cassius Winston is what I, he is. I call him Little Luca because he just, you can't stop him. No, and when he you, gets on a roll. You look at his yeah. box score and you're like, oh, my God, did he play a complete game. Yeah, I mean... From steals uh, to assists to rebounds to blocks. I mean, the kid does it all. 31 points against Northwestern, 15 against MSU, 12 against Ohio State, 18 against Wisconsin, 13 against Illinois, 15 against uh, Purdue. Well, and that 15 against Michigan State was also a triple-double. Yeah. this <laughs> I mean, dude just goes out there. So, Rutgers, yeah, they're the hot team right now. For your, If you're Michigan, you're going to be... Hunter Dickinson cannot get in foul trouble tonight. You're going to have to really play smart. You you may see a lot more zone. Do you think Hunter Hunter's interesting to me? 
Do you think letting him extend the floor is almost hurting what they're doing, Michigan? He's he's an inside kid, he, right? He is. Yeah, he is. But no, you're, that's a great point, Evan. And you change so much of your dynamic of what you do. Where Hunter Dickinson excels on the basketball floor is down low when they go to double and he can pass over that right. double team. Unless he is a wide open. He can hit a wide open three. Sure, absolutely. But other than that, no. But I think you got to save his legs. So I think you're going to see more old school. He's just going to be down on the on the, on the the blocks and they'll probably play a lot more zone mm-hmm. because they can't afford it. I mean, at that point now, what you're hoping that Brandon Johns can come in and save you? Who basically you've put to the bench. Like, Brandon Johns with John Beeline, you looked at him and you're like, this kid's going to get yeah. it. Or uh, Jerron Falls. Yeah. Who's like a walk-on himself. And so, But yeah. what's interesting, earlier this year when we talked about Brandon Johns, that game where he lost his shoes and they played folds over him, I'm going to be interested tonight to see who gets more playing time out of those two. I think they're just going to try and milk minutes. Yeah. And, you know, try to save him, try to save Hunter as much as they can tonight. Well, you can go small against Rutgers, too. They don't exactly have menacing bigs. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, you know, who are you, how do you guard their guards? Because they're coming with, as I said, you got Geo Baker, who he hasn't been exactly what I thought he was going to be. His, his, he's been so inconsistent. But he still has that potential to go and pop for 30 a night. It's crazy. You know, he takes a lot of bad shots, don't get me wrong. I mean, when but. you look at it, <clears throat> excuse me, when you look at his scores, 5 points, 7 points, 8 points, 8 points, 25, 16, 14, nothing. Yep. 12, 25, 16, 7, 11. You don't know what you're going to get out of Geo Baker. You know he's going to shoot it a lot. I can guarantee you that. Right. So, you know, McKay's been that guy for them Wild. lately. Uh, Ron Harper has been that guy. He's very for, consistent. Yeah, he's very consistent. You know what you're going to get. They're gonna crash the boards. They're gonna. I, I. You know what they are? Rutgers is what MSU used to be. Yeah, tough physical team that's gonna all hustle you. Right. That they, they, they die for every ball. They're gonna get every rebound. They got guards who can shoot. And yeah, that's what MSU used to be. That's Rutgers right now. They had a bad start, but they're finishing strong. Um, if you're Michigan, you got five games, and I said it before. I think you you're fourteen and eleven. You won in the tournament. You need four victories. You got five games and then one. You got so you got guaranteed six games. You got to win four of those games if you want to get in. And even if you win three, or even if you win four, you got to hope that every one seed in every small conference in mid major wins their tournament. Yep. You don't want any upsets where the conference gets two bids instead yeah, of one. Like Gonzaga doesn't wear their conference tournament, and then you're like, oh, come on. Right. So, yeah, you, you need that. So it's like, oh, my God, you know, Conference USA. You just need the winner, yeah, and that's it. You don't need extra people winning a tournament, or you don't need somebody. Missouri going, Valley Conference or the Oaklands of the world to go and win. Or win. you know what? You, you don't even need Northwestern or Nebraska winning the Big Ten tournament. Right, exactly. Yeah, if it's not one of the top yeah, eight, yeah. they shouldn't be winning. They're going to knock you out. <laughs> Unless so it's you. That's what happens if you're Michigan. And with Martelli coming in, I, I got to feel confident. I don't think that they're just going to like fold. It's going to be interesting to see how they rally. What happened? Because I'm I'm expecting a lot of emotion. They get the next four games at home due to COVID. It actually benefited them. You get four straight home games, and then you finish on the road at Ohio State. So you got the crowd behind you. 
Hopefully, show up, support your squad. Yeah, that last home game they had was kind of sad, man. When it, they rushed the court against Purdue, I was like, "Listen, I, I understand it, but it would look a lot cooler if it wasn't in a half-empty building." Yeah, you gotta. The crowd can't help you make threes. The crowd can't help you shoot. I mean, I would say a little bit when you get rolling and confidence and all that, but you got to get rolling first. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. So this game tonight, very important because this is one of the winnable. Of the five games they got left, this is probably this the is most Michigan winnable. State, right? Yeah, because Michigan State's reeling right now. I mean, but now Michigan that toilet bowl and it's been <clears throat> right. But here's the thing about that: it's a rivalry game, yes. so you're going to show up. It's going to be intense. Yeah, it, it's one of those that you've seen bad Michigan State teams win. You've, I've seen bad Michigan teams win games when yep. they shouldn't. So, Rutgers not a rivalry game. They did have a little brouhaha the last time they met at the oh, end of the game. Right. Ironically enough, he's not in the game. Yep. But so there may be a little carryover. There's no easy games. Now, I said it before and I'll say it again. For Michigan, you win these games, you're in. You're in the same boat that Michigan State was in last year yep. where everything was ahead of you. It was a hard task, looked damn near impossible. MSU pulled it out. They had to win – I think I think they had to win three of their last five games, and they won three of their last they five beat games. Illinois, they had to beat Michigan. They were both top five teams. And they I think I think Indiana, they also beat Indiana. And it was just like and then all of a sudden they made it in. And, you know, they had to sweat it out. They had to play in the playing game, but they barely made it in when they played UCLA. So if you're Michigan, you know what's up, you know what you gotta do. It starts tonight. If you lose tonight, you got Illinois coming up next. It's at home, but Illinois doesn't like you. A lot of bad blood from last year. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be fired up. MSU, rivalry game, probably going to be fighting for their lives. So every game is going to be difficult. And then Iowa, who's just, they're red hot right now. I mean, they, they knocked off score 100 on any given They beat night. Ohio State. They just smoked MSU last night. And then you finish on the road, oh, by the way, at Ohio State, who just hates you because you woke up and you wear the color blue. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult. It's not impossible. But there is new margin for error. Speaking of Iowa, yeah, last night put on a clinic. Oh, what was that noise? Oh, was that another switch? Yep. <laughs> right. That's another three dropping in. Yeah. Last night, Michigan State, <laughs> yeah, Keegan Murray, Started the game off hot. And the only reason I didn't cover the over, because Iowa took him out the game with six minutes to go. He couldn't be stopped. He was so good. And, I mean, I guess that's the first chance I've had to really watch him and and focus on him. That's an NBA kid, too. Like, you look at, well, you talk about Johnny Davis. <clears throat> See, I don't, know, I don't know if he's an NBA kid he or Michigan State. Chris Middleton, man. Michigan State just didn't play any defense. I know, but did you see, <clears throat> like, his stats over his last five games? He's averaging damn near 30 points. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the player of the year in the Big Ten because. And also, is that his twin? That's his brother. Okay. Yeah. Because, that's, well, that's the, I think that's I the. I keep getting all screwed up because Johnny Davis has his twin brother that doesn't get any run till the end of the game. No, that's his, I don't think that's his twin brother either. That's also, geez, oh, I'm pretty sure that's wait, his twin, actually. Wait, Davis for Wisconsin? Yeah. He's got a brother that wears number two. Yeah. On Wisconsin that plays at the end think, of the game. Yeah, I think that's just, I think they're brothers. And like, then I watched the Murray kids and I'm like, 
I think he Keegan is the younger okay. of the two. He's so good. He's the younger. Then hearing Luca Garza talk about him just from his development, it's like then that's what you like to see out of college kids. But enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm old them, enough. But... I remember his uh, father playing at Iowa. So. Oh, do you? Because they showed him in the stands, and that was like the perfect storm for Iowa too. Because they retired what four numbers last night, right? Well, Something I mean, like it that? was. I mean, that that's honestly uh, Murray Keegan Murray is the equivalent of Denzel Valentine. Yeah, with Get Carlton Valentine played on the team. Your son was always around. You grew up in the city of Lansing, so yeah, you were a lock for the program, and that's the same. Uh, Michigan State. They lost their mojo, and I think that's an understatement. They got beat by that. We joked on the show and said, maybe I'll take Iowa in 30, and Iowa won by 26. Well, when you saw that they were giving six, you knew it was going to be trouble. It was giving six, but the line moved back because a lot of people started putting money on MSU. But this team has lost its mojo. They've lost their motivation. You're you're getting nothing from the wings. Nothing. I mean, Gabe Brown has gotten to the point now. Here's the thing. Everybody goes through a shooting slump. He's in a really bad slump. But here's what you can do if you're Gabe, and he's not doing it. You can play defense. You can defend. You can rebound. You can hustle. Box out. Gabe, Gabe is just running to the corner, and he's just staying there. And, look, Michigan State has had guys on their team before who didn't score a ton of points. I think of the, the, the tum-tum narrans of the world – Travis Walton's, but you know what they did? They defended. And you knew whoever Tum Tum locked up with, he wasn't going to score his normal amount of points. You can't do that with Gabe. Gabe's not that lockdown defender. Gabe is really a liability right now. If you, if you want to be honest, I know he's a senior, and I know this may sound blasphemous, but Gabe is not giving you anything. No, there, there was his a- one shot he makes didn't count. And you want to know why? He didn't have to think about it. And he puts some arch on the ball, and it goes in. There was a play last night where it was an offensive rebound, which is the story of Michigan State's season. And I'm like, I got to rewind it. I was John Jansen there. I had to rewind it in the moment. Gabe Brown, it was his man, identifies him where he's at. But instead of putting a body on him, just turns his back and looks up at the rim. So where's the rebound go? Right to his man that he's not boxing out. Yeah, and and it's just simple things like that. And so I did something last night. I almost did it. I almost turned the game off. Well, I did. And then two minutes later, I'm like, well, I can't have a Jawan situation happen, and I don't watch that. That's the only reason I turned it back on because I gave up, and that's the first time in ten years I've literally given up on the team. But why do they get so lost on the defensive end now? Why do they leave these kids open? These shooters. Murray was open how many times? He hit two straight threes. <clears throat> because Murray's the- just good and nobody can defend sure, him. Sure, okay, but then there's Bohannon. There's the McCaffrey kids. They're getting killed on their screens. Like, they're either they're not switching right or they're not switching at all and they're getting lost. Yeah, but see, Bohannon, I mean, he leads the, the Big Ten in threes. but All time, yeah. Bohannon is kind of like when Hauser, you forget about him and then he gets those wide-open threes. And you're like, oh, crap, him too. Because you're so focused. On their other guys that you forget about them, but yeah, when you look at this team, Tom says he's going to make some changes. I think one you got to start with the um, with the lineup. Um, you know, it's funny talking to a mutual friend of ours, Marty, and she's just like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? You bring up a good point. 
he has to, you can't start every game off in the hole. By the oh, time the first timeout comes, you're losing every time. Most of the time by double digits. And that means these five that you're starting aren't getting it done. I, I, I mean, I think Max Christie may have hit the wall. But you know what? At least you get something good defensively out of him. You do, but do you? Because I think he, he had Murray last night and... Yeah, he I mean, started off the year. He was that lockdown defender, yeah. and now between him and Gabe Brown, it's like guys. Well, I wonder if what are you doing? Missing shots on the offensive end, they're hanging their heads on the defensive end, and and you don't ever want to see that. And I think what was the most telling about the game yesterday was was effort and the fact that Keon Coleman played in the first half because you know what you were, he knew what he was going to get out of him. That kid was going to give him a hundred percent. He was yeah. going to be rough. Listen, he was a little out of control a couple times, but whatever. He didn't cost them points. No, he didn't. Actually, I felt good when Keon Coleman got into the game because he gave you effort because he was so excited to be in there. He was doing things, whereas this team, I'm not saying they checked out or quit, but you could tell they're in a fog. It's almost like they need to go to like a hockey shift where you play for two minutes and give me your all. Like they, I don't care if you're dead they at don't the end play, of those two minutes. Evan, they don't play to win. They're hoping to win. Yes. And that's a big thing. It's like that skit in uh, Kings of Comedy, the hope <laughs> factor versus the wish factor. And, yeah. And uh, they're hoping. When shots are put up, they're hoping the shots go in. They're killing themselves. And it's one and on, done so on, often. On the little things. I mean, my goodness. I have never seen anybody so bad at a breakaway layup than A.J. Hogart. Well, no. It, because he mm, seeks out the guy for a foul instead stop. of go for the basket. It's a breakaway. They're at the disadvantage. If you slow down, you're helping them out. Izzo gets a technical, and I rewatch it, and it looked bad. He didn't get fouled. No, not at all, because he's done that at least five times this year that I can count. Well, remember, I think it was his shoulder. He got an offensive foul earlier in the I year. I want to say, was, was it was it Rutgers? It or? was Northwestern. He went in against, there was a kid coming from his side. And he went and banged him. When you yeah. have the clear lane, dude, that guy's on your right shoulder, right. and you're you, going for a right-handed Right, layup. you veered to the right to hit him. I've never seen a charge on a breakaway. Ever! Not to the side. Right! <laughs> it just doesn't happen, and... But you're right, Rico. Like most players, you're like are scared of contact, right? That's not AJ Hogart. He is looking for it, but you can't initiate. It's the same as your right, off son. arm, dude. Right, son. If you're not that confident about your layup making ability, give the ball up. Yeah. But he he not. You know he's not gonna pass it. He's gonna drive. Yeah. He's gonna slow down and look for whoever he can hit. It's like just get the easy two between so that marble. Mrs. Dunks like nobody's business. But he's also trying. Where was he trying to dunk that ball from? I grant, I get he got a foul call on. Yes, but last night, you're not Michael Jordan, dude. He is. I don't think he's made a one-handed dunk this year. It's crazy the amount of dunks that they've missed. Yeah, between him and Bingham and and Bingham and, is just uh, the whole team is Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde because you go and look at Hogart against Michigan and you're like the kid figured it out right. Hasn't played a game like that since. You look at Tyson Walker against Illinois, and you're like, good, he's got the green light to be himself. And then last night, you're like, where yeah, is that? The announcer said it best. I think it was Robbie Hummel when this team, when everybody plays together. They can beat anybody. They're three seed. Yeah. You know, and the three seed, guys, is a top 12 team in the nation. You're top 12, you can compete for a title when everybody plays together. I don't know if I've seen everybody play together. I don't think they had that game. 
they've seen I've seen a half mm-hmm. when they played Baylor the first half, and I think it was tied, or Baylor went up by two, and then Baylor blew their doors off. You saw the last little bit against Illinois where Walker went nuts. Now Walker's a guy, he's got to realize as a point guard, you know what? Forget trying to, you know, have deference to your teammates. You just got to shoot the ball. If your teammates aren't going to shoot, you shoot it. You can't go entire first half with no points again. It's It's okay if you jack up. You're shooting damn near 60% from the three-point line. Shoot early. Get involved in the game. Make people want to guard you. It'll free up guys down the lane because now when you penetrate, you'll draw an extra man, which leaves somebody open for another one-handed dunk that they can miss. And I see this too often as well is when they're running their plays. Listen, Tom Izzo's been running these sets for as long as I can remember. But if you're running the set as if you're just running the play, it's never going to work. You have to go to the ball. You can't go to the spot that you do in practice. Mm-hmm. You have to go because they know the plays too, but <clears throat> the reason those plays work is because it's the third, fourth, and fifth things that happen with them. It's, but they're getting killed on their entrance passes to the wings, man. They are, but a lot of times it's because I think the wings are just like, yeah, you said they're running the plays. The wings aren't trying to score because the wings can't score. Yeah, they're literally <clears throat> looking to get the ball to get the ball out of their hands. Gabe runs to the corner, and he stays there. Yeah. When oh, you, wait, let me run across to the other corner. When you were reading Geo Baker's stats, I was like, it sounds like Gabe Brown. But the only problem is Gabe Brown doesn't have multiple double-digit points this year. What angers me about Gabe is Gabe is so much better than what he is yes. and can be. Dude. You would think Gabe would be the guy that says, hey, throw me the alley-oop, get me this, let me drive to the basket. He doesn't. Well, he he does. You know what he does? The dribble between your legs, spin around, and it's like he spins in circles like a top, and then he shoots and a and jumper. It's a, and it's a forced one where I mean, Gabe Brown is a very flat shot. It works for him, but that's a shot you need to be. Yeah, set. see, I'm I'm not about the, the the shot looks flat because you know, uh, Trice shot knuckleballs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what his shot is. Yeah. But it's not a shot that can be a fadeaway or a leaner or anything. He needs to be set, and that's fine. But realize what you are. But he took one to the lane last night, and it's like finish with your right. I understand he's very dominant to the left. He brought it back to his left, and it looked so bad, and it was all out of control. And it's like you got thinking, you, but yeah, you got to do something better. I mean, Malik Hall, he's playing. Malik Hall, God bless him, shouldn't be your best score. Malik, oh. you know what Malik Hall should be? Your number three guy. Yeah. He should. To Tyson bail you Walker. out when the other two aren't hitting. Right. He is. I mean, you're looking at what uh, what Julius Marble is giving you. I mean, that little jumper of his. It's nice. It's it's nice. It's going down. But Bingham, the thing I don't like about Bingham is something that Paul Davis used to do to piss me off. You're seven feet tall or close to. But every one of Paul Davis's shots were a fadeaway. He never leaned in to get the and one. It was always the fadeaway because you were afraid to get your shot blocked yep. instead of just going down there, getting the and one. I, no, look, Bingham's no Kofi Coburn, okay? He's no Travion Williams, but give me some moves, let him hit you on the arm and get the layup and the fight. When he's playing that way, he does that, yep. and he gets the and ones. But lately, everything's a fadeaway, and he, and what you're seeing, kind of like with Paul Davis, they keep pushing him further and further away from the basket. So by the time he catches it, he's at the elbow. 
He's not down low, where it's an easier shot. Now he's got to do a fadeaway. Look, they got a lot of problems. So that that's going to lead me to my question. The amount of people that had to be muted on Twitter because I just can't take it. It's both Michigan and Michigan State fan. But uh, the criticism of Tom Izzo and how much does does he deserve in this? He deserves some, but I don't think I think people are missing the boat of why he deserves some criticism. This team, he it is what it is. He's stuck with this team, dude. You, I can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink. Mm-hmm. He can't make these guys score. He can't make. He could tell, and he's told Tyson Walker, "Go be the leader. I need you to be." That's why I got you out the transfer portal. Walker has to start games off shooting the ball. Like, they're running plays, and if you notice, they try to get Bingham involved early, so the first play always goes to Bingham, hoping that they, maybe you now start to need that and, and, and have, like, how Cassius used to always start the game off with a three-point shot. Yep. Maybe you need to do that for Tyson Walker, where he comes off of double screen, catches at the top of a three-point line, and shoots, trying to get him involved early. Maybe if people see him, if he sees that shot falling, he's going to do more. Here's where Izzo, because, I mean, he's to the point now on the bench where he doesn't really yell. There's nothing he can do. He's very tame. He's very tame. Because at you're this right, point, there's nothing. When you're down, and, and I think he said it last night, so they get down 14, 16 points, and then they start making a little run. They get it to nine. They get it to eight. Boom, big three. And they're see, right back to where they were. But see, this is where I think he has to change his lineup so you don't get down by 10 points. Right. Because you got to expend a ton of energy to come back. And a lot of times when teams have to – when they're down 14 and they do everything they can to cut it to two, they end up losing because they burn themselves out because they took all that energy to, to cut into that comeback. Yeah, he needs to change the lineup. He needs to get some early points and easy points – Here's where you need to blame Izzo because, man, three straight classes, man, that he brought in that didn't turn out to be what they thought it was going to be. It it was the Bingham, Gabe Brown, Kithier, Foster, Foster, and Aaron Henry. Yeah. That class, Aaron Henry was really the only one that did something. And it only took three and three quarters years to get that. <laughs> he swung <laughs> he swung and missed on a guy that should be the leader of this team right now. And who's that, Foster? No. Everybody's forgotten about this guy because I did too. And I looked it up. It was Julius Marble. It was Malik Hall. And there was a third person to that class. It was Rocket Watts. Yeah, okay. Mark Watts. Mark Watts. This was supposed to be his team right now. No, you're right. He's and that guy that was going to be taking all of these shots that we keep begging everybody to take. And he would have. He would have. Yes, he was not shy about getting his shot. But now he's gone. And in the next class, you brought in A.J. Hogard and Maddie Sissoko. Both. I mean, Maddie is so going to be a guy that's in his senior year that he really shows. Izzo's know? blame comes from three classes that he swung and missed on a lot of people. I forgot. He took AJ because he, uh, God, he was supposed to get this kid out of Canada, but the kid decided to go to the G League instead, and I think he's really doing nothing. Oh, a five star kid. I can't yeah, remember. He was a five star kid out of Canada who was going to come to MSU, and it didn't happen. You, he's void of playmakers. 
You see this team, and they're they're a bunch of role players. Oh, I, yeah. I, I like Malik Hall, role player. Julius Marble, I like him, role player. They're all role players. I thought maybe that would be Max Christie, but Max is just – You can even tell with him he's forced He's, he's too small. And he yes. can't go to the basket because it's like he bounces off of any big man. And his best shot now is a 19-foot jumper, and right. it's like that can't be your go-to. Right. If you're not like, you, you saw with Murray, he's able to drive, he's do spin moves, and layups. He went baseline and then came back with his left. And that's you, what I talk about an NBA move. You like, can only yeah, yeah, you can only hope that next year he hits the weight room and he gets bigger. So yeah, Izzo sits on the bench because he knows before everybody. Like people Evan, I think when this team was like ten and two. Or oh, he kept saying, I don't know how good we are. Ten ten and two. And Rieger and Cookies, oh, you guys are fighting for a team. And I was like, they're not that good. I know the record looks well, you that said way. It right off the bat, and I was even looking at you kind of weird. I'm like, look, the same way I saw Kenneth Walker the third and said, kid's going to be good. I saw that team and said, this team, if this team makes it, and I'll, I'll stand by it, if they make it out the first round of the tournament, hang a banner. Right. Because right now, because people are like, well, are they not going to make the tournament? No, they're, they're going to make the tournament, people. They had a very, very strong start to their season. I mean, they had a strong start over UConn, and the UConn win is looking better. You got the win at Wisconsin. You got a lot of different things that, yes, it's going to help you. Loyola Chicago, yeah, that's going to help you. Uh, You beat Louisville. I'm trying to think who else did you beat? Uh, You beat your boys, Oakland. Oh yeah. Could you imagine, by the way, if Oakland doesn't get in and they face Michigan at the NIT? <laughs> I would go to that game. Well, wouldn't it be smart to have it at the old arena so at least they pack the place? Yeah, it would be because Michigan's not going to send Could anybody. Could you imagine that? Oh, if Michigan goes to the NIT, there will be nobody at Chrysler. Nobody. You're right. You should put it at the old arena. But Mich- the problem with Michigan State, no, I don't think they're going to lose all their games for the rest of the season. As I said before, until proven wrong, I've seen this movie before. They struggle, they struggle, they struggle, and then all of a sudden they win some games. Purdue, hey, Purdue should probably win, but I've seen stranger things happen at the Breslin Center. Right. The problem that Michigan State had is they went from sitting on the three line a few weeks ago. Like six or seven. They, no, they, they've, they were six and seven last night. They have now moved into that dreaded, they're going to be somewhere between seven and ten. Here's why you don't want to be on the 7 through 10 line. First of all, your first game is a tough game mm-hmm. against somebody you're equal. So if you're 8-9, think about 8-9 games, they're hard to pick. Oh, it's a toss-up every time. 7-10 games are pretty much the same thing. If you happen to win those games, you know who you got next? Hello, one seed. One seed or two seed. Yep. That's where Michigan State is trending right now. You're going to that 7-8, 7-8, 9, and 10 line. You don't want it. You almost want to fall all the way out of that to the 11. Yeah. So so now you're playing a, a three seed. You know, it, you're, you're playing a six and a three to give yourself a little more breathing room. But, yeah, if you go to that seven through ten, it's going to be a rough weekend for you. It's going to be a long weekend. You're going to be sitting at a place that it's the home crowd of the number one seed or the number two seed. So probably won't be a lot of Spartan fans there to rally you. But right now, yeah, you got Purdue. Tough task. At Michigan, I don't know. We'll know more after tonight's game. 
Ohio State on the road. Ohio State is starting to run out of gas a little bit. Yeah. I'm not saying EJ Liddell is still EJ Liddell, but they're not the same team they were. Indiana should have beat them. I've never seen a team lose after being up four with the ball with 40 seconds left. After like a 20 to two run or something ridiculous. Indiana found a way. It was wild. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, I was going to say Mike Loxley, uh, their coach, Woodson. Woodson. He said, I should have called the time. I do call. I mean, he's, first of all, he's dressed like he's going to a funeral every game. It's like, dude, it was a weird hire. Call a time out. I mean, he was a former player. I, I understand, but NBA his track record guy. isn't the best. It's not like you look at Mike Woodson. They need. Like, they want a successful st- NBA. No, coach. they want a stability, and they wanted somebody to get him back to Indiana ways. I thought it was going to be Dane Fife. Anyway, I digress. Well, I think Dane. But see, I do. I think Dane Fife is the coach in waiting. Okay. Where they know what's? I think what's is like sixty eight. He's not. Yeah. Good. No. 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 He's. Not yeah. He's. Like a spring I, I think. I think he's there to get this thing settled, and then Fife takes it over. And then you finish off with Maryland at home. If you're at Michigan State, you want to win two of those games. So is it Michigan and Maryland? Maybe. I don't know. Two games, and maybe you can move back into that sixth line. But right now, I haven't checked today's status, but I'm thinking you're probably in the seven or eights. Bad place to be, but that's where they are. Evan, what you got? All right, so you said they need a new starting lineup. Give me your five. Give me your five. The Rico Beard, the Rico Izzo starting five for Purdue. Uh, my new starting five would be, whew, man, see, it's going to be a little different for Purdue. But I would go with Walker. I have a- AJ out there. Mm-hmm. I would go Malik Hall instead of bringing him off the bench. I would go with, I think I would go with Marble. And probably Max Christie because somebody's got to guard Jay Nakins. Okay, I mean, so Jay Nivey. Yeah, the only thing that I switched up was I had Hauser in there. That's the only thing that I changed up over Christie. Um, well, only because... I don't think Hauser can guard Ivy. No, but at least I know he's going to go balls to the walls to start he off. Is. And and you know what? If Ivy starts off early, that's when you make your quick sub, right? Yeah, but now you're looking at two fouls on him real quick. Ivy's going to blow past Hauser. But the one thing that I think we are locked yeah. up, we're going to blow past him. Let AJ run your point and let Tyson play off the ball. Yeah. Let him get some of or those just shots play that off. you try to create for Gabe and yeah. Max. Make them for him. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, or, or I mean, maybe, I don't know if you want to bring Malik back off the bench, but yeah. You, no, I kind of agree. In Marble, I agree with two. See, but the thing is, they're going to be starting a seven-foot-four guy. He's damn near going to have a, a foot eight almost, inches yeah. over Marble. But, so maybe you almost forced to go with Bingham. Do you think them, okay, so I, I know that we, I'm going a little off topic, but they really don't have a big like a legit big Michigan State. No, they don't. I think they're missing that too. Like, listen, Tillman you know wasn't a legit big, but he was a legit who? big. Tillman when he was there. Granny, you know, you know who they're missing, and people laugh. They're missing Kithier. Kithier could do one thing and do one thing well. He rebound. He could rebound. Yep. He was try hard guy. He he may have been an undersized six six, but he played as if he was six ten. He got the rebound. He, and, he and went. Maybe that's what I mean. As a guy that loves playing down low. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess just embraces it, but we'll see. I mean, it's interesting, but that's why we do this podcast is to talk about this. You know what I mean? Like there's, and there's so much to talk about. So, yeah, but that, you know, Hauser, if you want to put Malik Hall, take him out, put Hauser in, that's fine. Because Hauser's not the liability. Hauser's not the liability. And you know what? It works for Malik coming off the bench. So maybe you do, but you got to have some people who can score. It ain't Gabe. No. Gabe's not getting you anything. Maybe and maybe coming off the bench helps Gabe just like it helped Malik Hall. Yeah. Malik now coming off the bench, you know it's going to get you twelve to seventeen points a game. Let's it helped Tyson Walker coming off the bench. He lost his job. He came off the bench now and now he's scoring. So maybe Gabe off the bench helps him. Christie, I'm only starting Christie because I probably would have went Hauser and yeah, you did it because of Ivy, but Ivy. He's a different dog, man. You think? Uh, I mean, here's Murray the thing. Once tough. again, I don't know how they're going to figure out the Big Ten Player of the Year because there's a bunch of guys that you could say. Coburn, uh, you Murray, got Kofi, you got Merber, you got Davis uh, for uh, Wisconsin, and then you got uh, Davis for Indiana too, right? I mean, isn't that his name? Yeah, Jackson Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, now, I think he's out of the picture. But sure, but and then you got I mean, EJ Liddell. Yeah, and you can even look at Hunter putting up. You got Hunter. You could. Yeah, you know you what could, I mean. But I think it's going to come down to Kofi. I think it's going to come down to Keegan Murray, uh, the Davis kid from Wisconsin, and probably Jay Nivey. It's a good problem to have. Unfortunately, you know what? None of those guys play for MSU. First time, Michigan State may not have anybody on the first or second team, and rightfully so. That's the problem. We'll see what happens. All right, that was your question? Yep. All right, thanks, Evan. For Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. We'll be back next week, getting closer and closer to the tournament. Make sure you subscribe, and uh, you know what? Tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone.